0: What you've given me today is worth one quarter portion.
1: (laughs) Um, Hello, welcome to the Weekly Song Podcast. Uh, This is episode 25. Uh, My name is Roger Heathers, and joining me as always is my co-host...
0: Declan Kitchener.
1: Hello. Hello, Declan. How are you this week? I am fine. I'm really happy that you um, did a a sequel-era quote. Well, I took your feedback on board, mate. And then you you acted upon it. Uh, <laughs> I love the ones where like you play the intro and like throughout when playing the guitar you can just hear me wheezing with laughter. <laughs> Those are my favourite ones. Um, We've got a bit of a different show for you this week. Um, if you're joining us for the first time, you've joined in a in an unusual spot. What we normally do is we give ourselves a week to write a song and uh, we come to the podcast and we have one song each and we take them apart and discuss them and talk about uh, songwriting. What we do on this episode, which is the... Yeah, so after yeah. we've done our stretch of seven songs at
0: a time is uh, we just talk about the songs that we've done, what we feel about them, which ones are our favourites, which ones are maybe not our favourites, and like just what we've noticed amongst uh, doing all of the songs, like any techniques that we've picked up a lot or anything that we've learnt or really cool, interesting tidbits like that.
1: Um, I think we should jump straight into it because I want to tell you my favourite of yours. Okay. Um, Go right ahead sir see. Actually I've got Three favourites I want to choose Which one's actually My number one um, I've got to say And I alluded to this Last week But I think it's Ghost in the Sheets ah. Which I think You're surprised to hear Perhaps I am yes Because um, I just really liked it I thought it was a Really It's got the great bass line It's on piano I love piano songs And it's uh, Just like I said Last time It's a great piece Of pop writing And I would like To hear it On a project Cool At some point You maybe will I have my fingers crossed for anyone at home listening. <laughs> um, yeah, I liked uh, Ghost in the Sheets. I liked uh, Life on Hold. I thought it was good because also you, not only was it a good song, but you actually, um, you had the idea for that title for so long and then you, it actually is a song now. Yeah. Um, also, it exists finally. And also uh, Vulture and Giants, which um, I know that you like because you play it at open mics quite often. Yeah. Well, I,
0: I play it at open mics because it's nice and high energy and uh, it shows off like the slightly more, rock side of my writing which I don't normally tend to do so much at open mics mm. like it's energetic but you could hardly call something like pause rock
1: no true it's more like a musical theatre exactly <laughs> like a musical theatre number um but uh yeah so I, I think that was kind of cool and the fact that we've also both done like quite a lot of guitar and piano on this run as well yeah we've like mixed it up quite a lot whereas sometimes it's like all of one thing or all of the, the other with yeah. a few exceptions yeah, I know exactly what you mean. Um, <clears throat> so come on, give me all your praise. <laughs> yeah, well,
0: my favourite song of yours off this run, other than all of them, is um, it, again. It's not going to be a big surprise to you. It's Billy's courage.
1: I could tell from your reaction at the time.
0: Yeah, like that was wow. I I've still got all of those lines in my head, like I'm a liberated slice of cherry pie, <laughs> <I> things. <so. laughs> stick that paper up your ass i never signed it anyway and like oh i just want to hear that that was a full-on version so badly a full rock version but then i also liked uh another sort of personal favorite of mine was czechoslovakia particularly i was listening this morning to the version you put on your soundcloud page i like the in the second chorus where you bring in all the backing vocals and like you've just got one word going on but you've just got all these complex musical ideas which i think is really cool thank you Again, one I want to hear like maybe done as like a Queen-style ballad.
1: That's kind of the direction I was thinking of going in. Because I didn't want to make it like... Because for anyone who doesn't know this, which is everyone, apart from you, Declan, (laughs) um, it's going on uh, my next album, Checklist Back here and Billy's Courage. um, Ah! A lot uh, of the songs
0: from this run of yours are going on to your new album, aren't they?
1: They are, yeah. Um, Which is quite cool. I'm I'm quite glad that I had a run where I was like, hey, I'm going to pick some cherries. My cherry pie here, yeah, your
0: liberated <laughs> cherry pie, um as well as one hundred buffaloes going on there as well, which is a cool one
1: yeah, that's going to go on there, and it's um it's the title track,
2: mm-hmm.
1: which um, yeah, I mean, obviously, like I said before in one of the episodes, um it's the title track because uh my friend Joe heard about the song and he was like you should call the album that and i was like oh okay and then he was like this is what the artwork should look like you know you should have like a crossroad in with a cartoon style of 100 buffalo across it and i was like all right that sounds great and so then i've just had the engine started in my head of the next album which is one i think it's my favorite phase of like when you have well, you begin to idea. get excited
0: and you think yes this is gonna happen and i can get you involved and i can do this and i can i can put like all the guitar bits on this and i could do the piano and everything it's
1: that initial excitement is the yeah. best.
0: I love it. I, can make it. I can make it a polka funk record. I don't know what that is, but you know,
1: I can have, you go into all these mad ambitions. It's funny because, like, at the very genesis of the idea of a record, it's almost better than it actually turns out because in your head, it's like the piano's recorded perfectly and I've got a choir there and, you know, I've got Richie Sambora. That's a made up name. <laughs> no, it's not. Richie Santana. Carlos Santana. Rich- there we
0: go. We got her in the end.
1: <laughs> uh, I was thinking
0: like Richie Blackmore and Carlos That's Santana. That's what I was thinking
1: of. I, was, I kind of combined the two. Yeah. Um, Richie Sambora, I call him. Um, you know, <laughs> I've completely digressed, but just that initial idea is like, I just love it. It's exciting. It's what it's, it's, what it's going to be like and I can't wait. So. Yeah. Can I also just say <laughs> while we're on the topic of your song. You had a
0: very strong run this time. Do you think so? Yes. Like... Um, Honestly, like, I don't think there's any of your songs that's written that I've had any sort of, ooh, not up to your usual standard kind of feelings. I've all I've just consistently been thinking, yeah, this is good. Thank you. I Even something like Oliver the Night Clerk, which is an amazing, gentle little song and everything. And, like, you know, it's just really heartfelt and nice.
1: Thank you. I, I would say the same for yours actually I think um, And you would be lying Well there hasn't been one that I haven't liked But I think I'm quoting you when I'm saying that uh, You kind of, well paraphrasing you When I'm saying you got better throughout the, the run You started off with writer's block
0: Yes And then I wrote a song about writer's block And then it got better <laughs> Exactly, that's what you're going to do
1: <laughs> Just be like, hey writer's block I'm writing about you this week yeah. Um, but yeah I, I think yours, like like I say my favourite few of yours are near the end of the run mm. and um, it's funny like when we wrapped up last week like after the last song you were like besides the stress and everything I can kind of carry on doing this yeah that's the
0: thing you get you start doing this for 7 weeks and then it gets ingrained into your brain in that you need to keep on writing like, I had so many moments where I was at home thinking like I'm watching a DVD and feeling really guilty thinking like I shouldn't be doing this. I should be up in the shed writing because I've got to get a song on... Sent- oh, wait.
1: This just isn't right. I yeah. should be up there. Yeah. I'm not allowed nice things anymore. <laughs> oh, man. I don't think I've had an, uh, one evening in this run of seven weeks where I've been, like you say, like, relaxing and watching something after writing because I leave writing so late into the week. You know, if we record on Sunday, I'm, uh, I don't write until Friday or Saturday which is a habit I want to break for next time. I wanna be able to write in the, early in the week. It's a habit that my writing is based on.
0: You <laughs> sounded like you're about to cry when you said that. No, I just I just had some gas. Um, <coughs> that's getting in that's getting cut. It's not getting cut, is it? No, it's not no, getting cut. It, not the
1: moment did. you say that's getting cut, it stays in. Yeah. <laughs> it's the same it's for both of us. It's like when I farted on the Christmas episode <laughs> and I went, please can we cut that and you and Sam just went, No, you can't cut that. <laughs> you're not allowed. <laughs> um,
0: yeah, it'd be interesting to hear, actually, which one was your favourite of this run, like...
1: Of mine or yours? Your own, yeah. Um, of mine, uh, I've got kind of three that I like, and all three of them are going on my, on my album, my next album. Um, my favourite is Billy's Courage, same as yours. Um, I also liked 100 Buffalo and Czechoslovakia, um... I I don't know. Um, I just remembered I'm wearing a name badge. I just kind of looked down at my notes and saw this name badge. Anyway, um, those three, I feel like I tried different things on them, and I feel like I kind of trod into new waters a little bit with them, especially Billy's Courage, because, like I said, I tried writing with opposites more than I ever have before, and um, it turned out... It's just... It made me excited about writing even more again just like oh there's like places i haven't ever been and when i go there it's still okay i think my fear is that when i go to new places in writing then i'm going to be outside of my comfort zone and because of that the writing won't be as strong but billy's courage at least disproved it to an extent well Um, it's the
0: sort of thing as a creative person you need to be reaching for outside of your comfort zone
1: yeah absolutely as i always um quote frank Zappa, he said um uh, progression is impossible without deviation from the norm and um i think that's definitely true with with songwriting too very much so so i got a question for you okay um well, <laughs> i think i know what it is <laughs> um well it is um what trends and characteristics have you noticed your songwriting uh has taken in the last seven weeks like what sort of stands out as like general themes and writing techniques and stuff to you uh,
0: I don't know, honestly um, Anything lyrically? I know I've been I always do this anyway but I've noticed a bit more um, musically focusing on like semitonal movement like my favourite of mine this run has been Vultures and Giants just because I was able to work out how to do that sort of very musy uh, <laughs> sort of Mm. gradual build up and things which I then used a little bit over the next couple of songs and I used it on uh, Life on Hold Mm. as well to do the big rising section
1: that's just brilliant (laughs) I love that rise I think that's the thing like your, your progressions get stronger with every seven weeks like there's been some progressions where I've noticed like the tension builds like that particular one there where the tension builds to such an extent that it's like... It really is impressive. I like it.
0: Thank you. Um, but, like, there's one sort of thing I noticed on... Well, again, my other favourite, for me, of mine, this Run Every Time. And just that... Mm. It, I don't do a lot of songs like this, but it was a very simple song. Right. Like, it's basically just all within the one, sc- uh, one scale... Although it's like fingerpicked, it's basically just basic chords like C and E minor and F and D minor and things like that. Uh, so that's something that clicked in my head and sort of resonated with me a little bit. Because that's sort of the breakthrough moment of like, oh, I can still write good songs this run. Mm. So that's something that it's not a feature of my songwriting yet, but it's something I want to progress further down that path of like just simple chords.
1: Yeah. And, uh, you know, easy songs. Well, I um, it makes me think of um, you. Remember, I told you about Andrea Stob um the. I watched that the other day. Did you, what did you think? Uh, yeah, I thought it was quite good. Um, we're talking about um the five essential tips to make everything better with songwriting, whatever it's called. Um, and uh, it it kind of got me at the right time.
0: Yeah, I um, can see how a lot of it fed into Billy's courage.
1: Yeah, and uh, one thing she said in the video is that um, you know, as musicians, sometimes when we're writing, we have writer's block or something. We are like. I need like I need that a new chord, I need something to put in there that's a great chord, I need like a sharp and diminished fifth or whatever um she said, if you think about like the most uh celebrated or your favorite songs, they're often just quite simple songs. They're not about you don't go oh it's, I'm glad they put that that weird jazz chord in there. It's just because they're simple songs and they're heartfelt, and the ideas within them are good. It's hardly ever the chord, so in a long winded way, I'm saying I, I agree, and uh those simple songs can sometimes be the best ones.
0: Yeah, it's um, like when you get a simple sound like that, you have, I end up with two feelings. I don't get this feeling very often, but you end up with the feeling like this is amazing because it's so simple. And then you think, can I call this writing? (laughs) You know, I didn't invent like this progression and everything. I didn't invent like these chords or anything like all basic stuff. Is it
1: allowed? And then you remember Oh
0: yes of course it is Stop being a drama queen About it
1: mm. But there is that feeling Of like You come to the podcast And you feel like You bought in a picture Of a stick figure And
0: then uh, someone's Painting like the Mona Lisa On the other side <laughs> Of the room from you
1: Yeah And that's like The equivalent of Basic chords to like Cool modulations And time changes And stuff Yeah And you're like Look at what I did And <laughs> it's like yeah. Yeah.
0: We'll put it on the fridge Where we can see it Every day
1: Yeah
2: I got a picture Granny put it on the fridge Yeah
1: <laughs> <laughs> Um, but um, that's actually another one. I mean, it's not in my top three for you that I've written down. But um, every time is a good one. That I, like you say, the simpleness is yeah. um, is an asset to that one.
0: Right, I want to do more with that song just because it was like a massive breakthrough moment of like, shit, I can still write. You know, I'm not finished. Yeah. Uh, but to throw the same question back at you, then, if you notice like a load of mm-hmm. things happening with your own songwriting or
1: your own lyrics. Um, I'd say the first thing that comes to mind is that i've I've been more emotionally uh expressive, I suppose, like in this run more than not not even in just the previous runs of this podcast, but ever before in my songwriting, I've kind of expressed more of what's going on in my life in an emotional sense, and mm. it's been the most cathartic writing of I think I've done. In terms of, like, this is how I'm feeling, whether it's, like, uh, I don't know, feeling really low or anxious or, like, worrying about somebody I care about or, um, you know, just just good things, you know, like uh, arrogance. Almost, like, kind of uh, warping my feelings into bigger things and bigger images so that I can express them, if that makes sense. So if I'm talking about feelings... That's feeling- good. You're taking your first step into a larger world. <laughs> um, so if I'm talking about Billy's courage, it's like... I'm talking about confidence, but I'm doing it in such a way that it almost comes across as brash. Mm. And that, um, writing like that can sometimes help. Um, the other thing I've noticed is that I'm using imagery a lot more. Um, you know, if you just look at the list of songs, like Czechoslovakia is... A message about entropy, essentially. Yeah, basically, like using a divided state. Or a divided nation to uh to illustrate a point i think i've done that on quite a few songs this week like um winner's circle is about you know these people who live who, on a planet and, and they
0: just build a rocket ship and decide to you know just go away
1: yeah exactly and to use that as i don't know i'm quite pleased with the imagery is what i'm saying i think i've I've touched on some things that i'm really quite proud of this time
0: yeah i, I can sort of see that like um just looking over the list of a lot of your songs i can see like and I don't mean this in a bad way, but I can see, like, the cartoon version of a lot of your images in my head. I like that. So, like, uh, I can see, like, you know, you standing over there in the left and, like, a hundred cartoon buffalo coming from the right. Or I can see, uh, like, uh, <laughs> for some reason, for Billy's courage, I just see you in a dentist's <laughs> Like, wandering around the street and being bad for the first time when you've been, like, this uh, like a sweet, innocent child before. Or, like... Uh, no, in Winter a, a Circle, I can see like a big retro space rocket going into space and everything. Yeah. And, uh, like with
1: uh, fishbowl helmets and everything. Yes, yeah, so I have pictured the same thing. Uh, I think that's. There's something in that you can see the cartoon image of stuff that I feel like. You know, people sometimes allude to like, if you write for long enough that you find your style and that thing that like people we love, they have a certain style. Like Frank Turner has a thing he does and Father John yeah. Misty has a thing he does. Yeah. And you admire that. You're like, wow, how do they get that craft? And the answer is like practice and years and years of craft. Yeah. Yeah, um, and they didn't
0: turn up on day one
1: and uh, suddenly start writing the way they did. Exactly. Um, and I don't think I'll ever have, the, have the, the right to say about my own music that I've found that thing, but I feel like I'm starting to glimpse aspects of it the more I write and in these past few songs I've found like oh okay I'm writing about people leaving a planet on a rocket ship that's I think I've got something there or yeah. like you know with Billy's Courage I think there's something in that that I'll develop on in the future that will lead to ultimately what my you know good music will be I just why imagine, are you laughing
0: I just, <laughs> I just imagine you have a little cartoon Nash beside you know
1: <laughs> you haven't got past the Pino thing no I haven't got past the Fino at all <laughs> oh man that's funny and I like the idea that I'm like not doing even that bad things I'm just like <laughs> yeah. going around throwing leaves at cars with a
0: slingshot on everything That's it? a bit more Bart Simpson the slingshot but I think Dennis had a um, a, a slingshot can you imagine Bart Simpson and Dennis and Menace in a slingshot fight
1: I think Bart would win wouldn't he yes I think Dennis is a bit antiquated and Victorian
0: yeah. yeah well not Victorian but he's very 50s
1: yeah true no, not Victorian at all. Hello, oh, my, my lord. Fancy <laughs> seeing my dog. <laughs> <laughs> what
0: on earth you so, that? songwriting. Songwriting, yeah. <laughs> How did we get there? Um, right.
1: Uh, what was your least favourite song in this run? I don't know. Because uh, I didn't do my homework properly. Oh, would, you, um, would you like my tiny list again? Like, can I have a look at your tiny list, please? Um, my least favourite of mine was Untitled Number 3, because I can't, I think I even said at the time, like, it's such a, um, I don't know, it was just kind of thrown together, and it was done last minute, and it was, um, it has loads of, put it this way, it has no one strong idea or theme. Hmm. Um and that's musically and it's lyrically and everything and it's short and it's just like it was a song for the week. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, I think I agree with you on that one. It was it's the hardest one to remember things about.
1: Yeah. Whereas is that
0: the one where you say like I could um, throttle this lovable idiot?
1: That is hundred buffalo. Oh, that's a hundred buffalo. Yeah. yeah.
0: See, point proven. <laughs>
1: yeah. Well, um, I can't even remember what Untitled number three goes like so and i can i'm looking at the rest of the list like fruit flies i like the concept czechoslovakia i like the concept all the other ones have like a theme and something that's going on with them yeah um but i number three the one right in the middle actually that was week four um how about you uh well mine's a very easy answer it's walk free um again like you said with mine i I say i agree um yeah it's a shame because i really
0: like the musical idea like the sort of Just, like, having that going on, then the... I really like that riff, but just what came of the chorus and the words and everything just really, for me, failed to live up to the promise of that idea. Yeah. Like like I mentioned at the time, it was probably the most emo song I've written. Mm. And um, I just meant that in terms of, like, well, I'm blowing all of my problems out of proportion to try and make a decent-sounding song. Mm. Which I listened back to it this morning, I thought, yeah, I don't believe these words. That's the thing, if you yourself don't believe in them, you can't expect anybody else to. Yeah, or I have never believed in them at all, really. Right. Because you can, like, we've discussed this before, but you can, like, tap back into previous emotions if you believe the words at one point. Mm, absolutely. <laughs> but, uh yeah, no. I that's probably the weakest song for me on this run which is a shame because it had one of my favorite riffs
1: well you could always use the riff for something else in the future no that'd be too easy i <laughs> i've done it once you know lee harvey oswald yeah because you had a different set of lyrics for that originally didn't you and they were rubbish Yeah. and like like you i couldn't believe the lyrics i was like what what is this um, it's just that I liked the chords and the tune so much I was like, I've got to write something for this Because I want to develop it And then eventually I just ended up sitting down, pen and paper And just rewriting the lyrics
3: The shooter in the balcony It's <laughs>
2: closer than you think You oh, sat sh- across the room from me
0: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah But, um And I will stress that, you know, when I was saying, like, oh, it's the most emo song, it's the most bad song, I do like some emo music.
1: Oh, well, me too. (laughs) Yeah.
0: I'll just quickly put that out there before I get any comments about that
1: one. But I I think your, your point, you know, was well made, you know. Interesting question for you now. I love those. Which of the three
0: guest songs we had on this time do you think was... The best? Yeah, the most interesting or the one that sticks in your head the most?
1: Well, the one that sticks in my head the most, purely because it was the most different thing we've ever had, is Piano Loodle. Loodle. Yeah. Um, which was uh, lunacies. Yeah, the um instrumental one. Um, It was the first instrumental we had on the show, so that's the one that sticks out to me the most. I mean, each song had its asset. Yeah. Um, I mean, they're all
0: good. Yeah. Um, Everyone gets a gold star.
1: Absolutely. I, I mean, it's one of those I questions... I really sarcastic. <laughs> I think the gold star bit told the sarcasm, but... I mean, the fact is that these people all wrote a song in a week and they yeah. came on our podcast and they were all good songs. Yeah, like so, there's no
0: bad one amongst the three of them.
1: Just the fact that... I mean, that's the thing. And also all all three of our guests, um, Lunacy, Sammy Jonas and Matt Partridge. I, all, st-
0: I still find it weird that you call him Sammy Jonas.
1: You are the only one who calls him the other name.
0: Sam MacLin.
1: Oh, you man. know, the name he actually has. <laughs> the one on his birth certificate. Yes. <laughs> I mean, they all, they're all such different writers that it's kind of hard to compare, but... Um, I don't know, it's just a pleasure to have them all on. Um, it's a difficult question to ask, really, like saying, oh, which one's the best of them when they
0: have so such disparate sp- uh, styles. Exactly. And there's so little to choose from
1: as well. It's not like we can kind of go, and this guy sucked. <laughs> yeah. No, because no, none of them did suck. Mm. Absolutely, but, uh, they were all good. Um, you have, like, uh,
0: Sam, who's... Uh, at least his performance style is more in line with the more acoustic sort of thing that's popular at the moment, and it feeds back into, you know what he does for a living is like play covers in that style. Mm. Uh, and he does it really, really well and gets a lot of attention for it. Uh, you have Matt, like who's the more, you know, rock influenced guy and you could tell that with like his riffs and everything and mm. like the slightly weirder chords he used.
1: Mm.
0: And then you have Chris who's uh, like was at the time, I don't know if he still is, like uh, really focusing on score music, which obviously fed into his instrumental.
1: Mm. You know, um, he mentioned to me that um, piano was in the works for um, being used in the score to a film. I think he mentioned that one to me as well. He said that it didn't end up going ahead because of some kind of, something, um, but he said it was like it was it was in the film at one point, and he was like, I've got to show you this; it's really cool, and. Um, we said this before, but um, it's really nice to see what people write on the podcast, kind of going further into a band situation or being played live or anything, you know. That's like when we uh,
0: saw when we went to see Matt Partridge's band the other day, Majaro, mm. and they played Modify. We were just the two little nerds sitting uh, <laughs> sitting on the back, going, "Whoa, it's a song we know!"
1: And we jokingly were like. I can't help but feel like we can take some responsibility yeah, yeah. for this.
0: We were in some way responsible for this in the smallest amount.
1: Apart from the fact that they're a really tight band and great musicians and that yeah, has nothing to do with And we literally us. had
0: no creative inputs <laughs> yeah, exactly. into the song at all. We still feel like we did something there.
2: Yeah, that's our baby, look how far he's come. <laughs>
0: oh, I can't wait to hear um, uh, Matt's new one again and again with the band. I know, yeah. Yeah, like jamming that out, that'd be
1: pretty cool. I mean... It, the band that he's in, Majaro, they just develop the songs so much. Yeah. From acoustic to this full band thing. And then they put in all these different stops and... And these builds. weird choices. Weird,
0: but good choices. Yeah. But you do, like, they choices that make you sit up and take notice.
1: They're a really interesting band to watch. I, I said to you at the time, like, there was a point where... I wouldn't say they were jamming, but there was, like, an extended solo section. I said... I wouldn't say this about this about every band, I said to you at the time, but I could just sit and watch them jam for hours because... They're so interesting to watch as just these three elements playing together. Yeah. They're really cool.
0: I I completely agree with that.
1: Majaro.bandcamp.com.
0: Yeah, and you can buy Colorblind EP on uh iTunes. Oh yeah. For four quid I think it is. I think so,
1: yeah. And Bandcamp as well.
0: Yeah. And you can uh find Lunacy on SoundCloud. You can download his uh single knitted love for free there.
1: Absolutely free.
0: And you can find Sammy Jonas on Facebook.
1: Yes, indeed. Yeah,
0: just search Sammy Jonas Music. Uh, Sherry sh- 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 <laughs> <Sammy> Jonas. for Sherry Jonas. Sammy Jonas Music. And, uh, yeah, he'll probably be posting a list of dates that he'll be doing soon.
1: Yes, indeed. Um, should we mention what we're doing over the next few weeks? Because we're taking a little bit of time off, aren't we? Yes, let's mention that. We're taking about a month off. I mean, just purely as a point of interest. Um I'm going to be recording uh, some piano and guitars for uh, a record I'm making with a band I make called Pea Green Boat. I'm quite excited for this one. Um, it's all acoustic. Well, I say it's all acoustic. i told Joe this, but I'm breaking some of the rules. We started out with, <gasps> with this rule that, well, a couple of rules. We said every song must be playable on an acoustic instrument and vocal. And then recording wise, no electric instruments are allowed to be used or synths or anything like that. And also, Joe has only allowed one harmony vocal for each song, but I added these big, thick, like, analog Moog synths to to one of the songs this morning, and it just sounds so much better, so (laughs) Uh, so I'm just keeping it like that.
0: It was a noble intention. (laughs) It was. um, I'm really interested to hear this, because, you know, I love, uh, I've loved listening to the past, is it two or three?
1: Uh, we got three three because you got Last yeah. Astronaut
0: in Space the first one and the summer one That's the, yeah Yeah, uh, and I've loved listening to them but they sort of really do encompass everything yes that you and I'm assuming Joe are mm. into mm. Uh, very much so so as well as the heavy rock and the singer songwritery stuff which are like you've also got elements of hip hop and electronica and things like that going on in there as well mm. uh, so I'm really interested to hear what a band that has the ethos of if less is more imagine how much more will be uh,
1: <laughs> I love that Joe says that it's brilliant yeah
0: Yeah, with that ethos I just want to see what happens when you do really stripped back stuff
1: yes I mean uh, I'll, I'll end I'll end it with this but um, I think when we've been telling people that it's an acoustic album maybe they have an idea that it'll be very quiet and stuff like that but the opening uh, track Cherry Reds it's as big as anything we've done it just happens to be acoustic instrumentation yeah That's the thing. Like I
0: made, I saw, I was watching like a load of documentaries once on the acoustic guitar, and you have like for um, like three, uh, three quarters of an hour, you have people go, oh, the acoustic guitar is so beautiful, and like things like that, and you go, oh, it's so delicate, and like doing all that sort of thing, and I was just thinking like. But hang on, you've got people like Frank Turner, who use acoustic guitars, and they end up just going. <laughs> or like... That was actually Flight of the for Frank Turner, <laughs> but you should know, I mean... Yeah, exactly. Like, it's a like, dynamic thing. Yeah, like it's. Yeah, I, I worry that acoustic music always gets pigeonholed as being oh it's just that soft gentle stuff you can put it on it's easy listening
1: yeah when you know it's a dynamic instrument just as much as anything else well that can be the problem with the singer songwriter label as well I think people kind of picture this finger picked you know three chords with some twee lyrics whereas it it can be dynamic and exciting and funny and everyone imagines
0: that it's like James Taylor or Kyle King and Cat Stevens and people like that it's yeah. just what singer songwriter is when you have someone like John Grant, who we would consider a singer songwriter, yeah. who does everything with a full band.
2: Yeah,
1: absolutely. And it sounds epic. I just literally take it at face value. It's someone who sings their own songs, which they write. Yeah. You know, that's it. I mean, then that can be so many different things. Yeah. Most people are singer songwriters.
0: Yeah, mo- like almost all bands are singer songwriters. Yeah. To some degree. Absolutely. Depending on how far you're willing to stretch the term.
1: Song, singer,
0: yeah, well, uh, writer. Like, like there will be a writer in that outfit that writes the songs, which then they sing,
1: yeah, perform, yeah, whatever. Absolutely. Um, how about you? Anything that you're doing over this um this time? Um,
0: maybe trying to record something soon.
1: That sounds good. Yeah, that sounds good. Are you going to reveal any details? You're going to leave that sort of like. If there were if there were details to reveal, I would. Any names of any projects?
0: I feel you're leading me up somewhere, but I can't think of where. The shed EP. Oh yes, it's the loose idea at the minute is to try and record, uh, like an eight or ten track EP. At this point, album. it's just an album. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just in this shed and get a load of my mates in to do it and everything. Just make have the one condition that everything is done in this shed.
1: Nothing can be done outside.
0: Yeah. The shed where we record every episode of the podcast and everything. Like, um, it's really very few ideas have been put together for this one thus far. But the
1: idea is there.
0: The idea is there, yes. Yeah,
1: While we're not podcasting. I'm sure we can do a couple of sessions and sort of start it off. Yeah. But um, but yeah, that's going to be good.
0: It's going to be fun. Uh, but also... Yeah. Uh, while we were talking about bands a second ago... We kind of started a cover band
1: Oh yeah, we haven't actually mentioned that on the podcast, have we? Yeah, we had our first gig last night Yes we did Um, You play lead guitar and backing vocals Um, Excuse me, I play drums and backing vocals And um, Sammy, Jonas, Macklin Is bass guitar and lead vocal Yes Um, And uh, yeah, we had our first gig And uh, we were paid handsomely
0: The sum of 60 pounds
1: each? Each, yeah. Yeah, to be fair. Um, of, but, w- of which £40 went into my car. <laughs> <laughs> um, but um, Declan has a full tank of petrol now. We, we had a good gig. I mean, it turned out pretty good. Yeah. For a first gig, as first gigs go... Um, I've done much worse first gigs. Me too. We had people dancing and um, we... Uh, what was I going to say? It, I was just saying to you before we started, Like I was exhausted from playing drums for two hours. I didn't think it would be that tiring, but like you said, you put so much more energy into um, the live performance when it's actually in front of an audience. Yeah, well that's one
0: of the things that I've always strived towards when I've been in band projects, like, uh, like when I was in High Wiccan before I met you, like late 2014, early 2015, I was in a band called Cherry Scream,
2: mm. which is a
0: very fun band to be in but I'd never properly been live before, like in terms of being in a band and everything. So I used to just stand at the back and play the parts and everything. Mm. And, you know, I just kept getting these comments from the band where like, you know, okay, you're cool, you're playing and everything. Mm. Can you put some energy into it? Right. At which point, like I eased into it and then like there are bits where we um, danced around in a synchronised manner. (sighs) We um, ran, well, the bassist ran out into the audience every now and then uh we ended up trying to have guitar battles. We had this me and the lead guitarist we had this thing where we were playing like synchronised parts and everything. Yeah. And um uh oh, just stupid little things where like we'd like lean into the playing the guitars, like you know, the really cool rock lean and then just keep going lower and lower <laughs> and see who could stop first before the part ended. that's brilliant like uh, there's one song where the singer pretended to be a zombie and we uh, while playing we had to use our necks to try and batter away (laughs) which was I would
1: love to go back in time to see that (laughs) band
0: live that was a very fun band to be in but that sort of instilled in me the sense of like uh, like oh you must put 110% in like if you're not having fun and dancing around why should anyone else
1: see the thing is though I can't lie with music yeah, I, I can't do it if I'm having a good time playing you know it and you know this about me I'm beaming I'm just like this the entire time and I'm just yeah. like and I'm beaming and I'm sweating and I'm having a great time which I did last night and I I do with you guys but there have been other bands I'm in where I I'm playing and I just the music doesn't mean so much to me so and it just shows in my face and people are like are you alright because I'm just like just playing you know See, I've I've worked out a way over the past couple of years of
0: turning that from being anger at you know and anger f- turning into not wanting to put energy in, into turning that into anger, feeding into the performance. Like, no, you will pay attention to me.
1: I kind of like that.
0: Yeah, like um, I see. Like it's not as fun and it's not as focused and everything, but you just. Zero in on your playing game. No, I will get this right. This will be fantastic. You will enjoy it. Shut up. Dance. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I kind of like that. Stop
0: asking for stairway.
1: Another another technique that um, a bassist um, in a band I used to be in uh, told me, he said, "If um, whenever I, I feel like I'm not having fun on stage, um, what I do is I, I chew gum. Because when you're chewing gum, you're constantly having to move your mouth. And you end up like kind of... Your face isn't um, static the entire time. You're, you're moving your mouth, you know, so you are kind of smiling more and your face is more dynamic. Whereas you chew, you sort of begin
0: to slightly smile anyway, don't you? Yeah. And it's... The body has this weird thing, like if you force a smile, it releases a little bit of serotonin.
1: Exactly. That, I mean, this is completely off topic, but there's a lot of things in, um, in the way the brain works and the way the body interacts with it where you can either have a feeling that's stimulated from your brain and it affects your body by making you smile or it can work the other way around and that works with so many other things.
0: Yeah, it's one of the tricks of the service industry, like service in terms of like serving the public. Like, you know, you can just be yourself but, you know, if you just smile even if you're feeling like miserable and horrible and you don't want to talk to anyone, Mm. then, you know, that, you know, at least your brain begins to get into this, well, I'm smiling, I should be happy. Mm. Then people can read that, and then, you know, it feeds
1: back and forth to the point where you suddenly become excited to work. It does work like that sometimes, but... Sometimes. Sometimes. But sometimes I'm smiling and I'm trying to do that exact thing, and I feel like... I feel like because I'm forcing it, I get more frustrated, because I'm like, why am I doing this? Why am I forcing myself to smile? And it takes more energy than it normally would. But, um... Again, we've gone completely off topic. But yeah, but I've, everyone
0: gets that feeling from of
1: course, time. Of course, of um, course. But with music, yeah, chew gum.
0: Chew gum, or try and get rid of your singer off the stage by waving your guitar neck at her. <laughs> exactly. If she's a zombie.
1: If she's a zombie. There's a yes. big if. That's a big if. Yeah. Um, do you want to move on to segment two? Can segment you? two moving on? Enjoy the Wednesday. And, whoops, you have that? to put. Oh, sorry, I thought the like, mic's got cut there.
0: <laughs> gonna have to put, like, a ring modulator on that. <laughs> we are now moving to section two. Ah! You will walk ahead of us and follow
3: my directions this way.
0: Enjoy the whimsy. You really do need to get a ring modulator on that. Set it to square wave about 30 hertz. Okay, I will.
1: Okay, I will. Okay, okay I will. So uh, we're going to do a section now uh, on the show, which we did last time. We, we did a wrap up, uh, so that there is actually, so yeah. that there are actually a couple of songs we're taking apart, but they're not new ones; they're old ones.
0: See, that's the difference. They're old, and uh, we should just disclaim and say we didn't necessarily write these in seven days.
1: No, I wrote mine in about seven years. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I wrote mine in about two hours. I'm
1: trying to think of how long it actually did. Make Timmy write. This actually, that's a bit of a lie. Three hours. Mine's probably about the same Yeah But like you said There was no deadline There was yeah. no like You have to write it, this It's month. just
0: like You get an idea And suddenly you write a song The way normal people do it <laughs> Yeah
1: But they don't write very often
0: Now uh, To be fair Like the only time I really write nowadays for this podcast
1: I know It's weird Like when When we found out We could stop writing Last week I did <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You know
0: As much as I was tempted To carry
1: on Having said that I did write one more thing um, But that's a whole other Kettle of ball games. That's the four games so uh, which song are you taking apart
0: so the song I'm taking apart this week is a song called preacher which I've never played on an acoustic guitar oh so this could go interestingly I've had to tune down to E flat <coughs> just to sort of fill out a bit of aural space um,
1: Ooh.
0: just oral space <laughs> sorry come on <laughs> Uh, yeah, because normally like this is designed to be on an electric and bass. I don't have that here, mm. but yeah, goes hopefully like this.
3: Goes... You say you're a man of good morals. You say you're a man we must respect. You say you're the one with all the answers. But I ain't seen a single answer yet. You can't seem to see, you don't mean Jack to me. And still your petty boundaries you set. You think you're a saint, could do no evil. You're counting on the fact that you'll be saved. But in the end, when all you find is nothing if you hadn't prayed away in days. a day's my heart seems to cry down anything that gives us hope Say I have a just and holy purpose I won't fall for a smoke and mirror show Call upon your God
1: cool it's really interesting to see it played on acoustic guitar yes I would have the same observation (laughs) it's um because obviously I've seen you play this I think once before just in not not in full but the riff at least yeah and um it's really cool I love that riff it's it's almost like you can tell it wasn't written on acoustic guitar you know
0: interesting story about that uh, riff actually my name's not Richard (laughs) don't call me Shirley um (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Uh, this was actually written a long time ago. But do you remember you had um, your friends Joe and Lizzie down a while ago, mm-hmm. and uh, we were at the old ale house in Truro.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. And uh, I think they were staying in Campbell that night, and we were all on the train coming back.
1: Yeah, I and, do remember this. And the
0: three of us got off, and you went off to hell. Yeah. And I was just walking with them down through town, and uh, he was telling me a story about, it was either about himself or someone else, where they um, ended up waking up in someone else's garden. Okay. And I sort of, as a joke, I sort of just said, oh yeah, you could write a song about that, couldn't you? Waking up in someone else's garden. Bow, bow. And he goes, that's a really good line. It's like,
2: hmm.
0: It is. <laughs> I could write a song. <laughs> so I just literally, when I got home that night, which is about one o'clock in the morning, I just plugged my electric guitar into an amp, plugged my headphones in, and just worked out the main riff, which was uh, just. <laughs>
1: It's a great riff It's very like It's almost like Classical in a sense Like because it uses Those um Notes Um it's, The things <laughs> Yeah It's really cool uh, The other thing I like About that is um The fact that It came out of You and Joe Two of my very good friends Having a conversation Um Without me there Um That makes me sound like I really resent <laughs> it I don't Um yeah. <laughs> Why did I have to go back To hell that night Why Um Also the fact that it's another example of Joe suggesting something in passing and it being, like, irrefutable fact that it should be, like, realised. <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah. But, um, yeah, I actually came up with the words at the same night, but obviously by this point it's about half two in the morning. Right. And I live in a house which has other people, my family, in it. Mm. Uh, so, like, there's a recording of, like, pre-programmed drums, bass and uh, guitar, like, played through just into the... Like, direct in? Direct input, yeah. But then I had to obviously record some vocals, so the recording I've got on my computer is just like... You say you're a man, okay. <laughs> 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 Really, like, quiet, uh, whispered... Uh,
3: How could it, uh,
0: Like, really half ass singing. So I just wanted at least one recording where I was at least trying to go for it.
1: Which is today?
0: Yeah. Awesome. Also... I wrote this at more or less the same time as Bring Your Light to Me. Okay. Because I came back from Reading that year. Mm. So this must have been about August
1: 2015. That sounds about right. Oddly
0: enough, wearing my Reading 2015 t-shirt today.
1: Yes, and um, you're wearing um, shoes that I don't have any joke.
0: I literally am not wearing shoes. No, you're not
1: wearing shoes and what I was going to say wasn't
0: even going to be... I'm not even wearing... Trousers or underwear. He's just I'm wearing just, a reading t-shirt. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> We're all just doing admirably under the circumstances. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, but uh, I and I can tell on the recording because I think that was the year that um, Frank Turner did his set in the Festival Republic stage at the end of the night, mm. and it's one of my, That's one of my favourite experiences of, with live music. Mm. Just him, an acoustic guitar, and a tent full of people screaming all of his words back at him. Wow. Like, it was electric in there. But, um, uh, ironically, seeing as he's an acoustic (laughs) artist. Um, But I'd blown my voice out. So on the record, like, I can't hold a tune. And, like, my voice sounds the roughest it's ever been. Like, it's barely producing noise.
1: Oh, wow. We should let the listeners hear that recording. Uh, I think I've got it on my computer somewhere We could tack it on to the end of this episode perhaps God no, it would destroy any credibility I have well, I'll, tack the, I'll tack my original demo of my song on if you want We could both do it And then they could skip it if they don't want
0: There we go, let's right. shake hands We're doing it
1: And um, yeah uh, Anyway um, well, I completely cut you off there by saying that um, <laughs> uh, So what is the song kind of inspired by? Right,
0: are we sitting comfortably, children? Yes. Good. Then I will begin. Um, sorry, Roger has spilt some water on himself. And normally the way I'm sitting
1: is the microphone covers it up perfectly. I just leaned to one side for a second. and I just saw it. <laughs> it's because on the changeover where Declan was about to play a song, which we've edited out at this point, um, but we might have to edit back in. Um, yeah, we might have to edit that back in. I uh, I spilt water all over my tits. So. <laughs> Sorry. Um, i got a biscuit all the time while I <laughs> uh, Carry on. <laughs> right, so...
0: I, I went to uni at High Wycombe. And then I stayed there for about a year afterwards before I moved back down to Cornwall. In that time, I needed to earn some money.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So, a friend of mine from uni who was working for a Christian music label like start-up kind of thing I uh, said oh there's this thing happening uh, like every Tuesday two hours like just help some kids play some songs you know I know it's a religious label but there's nothing to do with religion so you know just a job yeah mm. uh, so I thought yep fantastic 20 quid a week can't really turn that one down so yeah I started doing that and it was run by this pastor who we shall call Fred Bob.
2: Fred Bob. Fred Bob.
0: Hello, Pastor Fred Bob. Hello, Pastor Fred Bob. I know it says preacher in the song. It originally was pastor, but it didn't really... Scan. Scan. And preacher is like the nice double meaning of like, you know, you know, preacher, someone off the cloth and everything, but also preaching a message to the point where you have to rebel against it. Right. But... Like, this man was probably the most Christian person I've ever met. <laughs> like, And um, <clears throat> my personal view on religion is that I'm an atheist. I don't believe that there is any God, you know. If you were to give me evidence, like proper, solid scientific evidence, I would probably change my mind. As it stands, no evidence, I don't believe. I have no problem with other people uh, believing in gods or in a God. I have no problem with them being spiritual. You know, if it's just, you know, if it just helps them with their life, if it's what they believe, if they, you know, essentially just respectfully keep it to themselves unless, you know, the situation calls for them to speak about their beliefs. Mm -hmm. That's fine. Sure. Yeah. Like, you know, I don't go pushing my views onto people. People don't go pushing their views onto me. That way, I, you know, I've got a couple of Christian friends. Like, I believe Matt's a Christian. You're spiritual, I believe. I don't think you're strictly Christian. <laughs> um,
1: I suppose, yeah. Yeah, in, a, just, in a very like, loose sense. is just funny to hear. You're spiritual, right? <laughs> yeah, because I know you're
0: not Christian, but I can't remember uh, exactly uh, which philosophy you used it to subscribe to.
1: Um, just for the record, like, I, I like the sort of Zen... Root of philosophy Yeah But that's me Anyway carry on Yeah
0: uh, And then you know This friend I had at uni She is a proper Christian And everything mm-hmm. And we never discuss a topic You were just friends Yeah And you know I think we still are But um Yeah So Essentially what I'm saying Off the bat is that I have no problem With people being religious mm. However This guy Was like uh, my god the amount of stories i could go into about him but we don't have the time for it suffice it to say he's one of those people who tries to convert you at every turn and Uh like really not conservative in terms of politics but conservative in terms of art like one of the first conversations i had with him was like um you know oh what kind of music do you like and i you know i thought well I'll just try and keep it, like, nice and safe. So I picked a couple of choices, and um, I said, oh, well, I really like the Beatles. He goes, ooh, they're a bit hardcore, aren't they? <laughs> you know, can't can't abide by some of the stuff they were doing, which is, um, you know, ridiculous to me. You know, the Beatles are probably one of the acts with the tamest reputations in history. And I uh, mentioned Metallica at some point in the conversation. I can't remember why. But he goes, oh, I pray for the souls of people who... are." Uh, you know, listen to Metallica, which considering that, you know, two of my best friends from school are massive Metallica fans. Mm. And, you know, I listened to a little bit of it, Mm. you know, at that point I felt I had to stand up and defend, you know, metal music. Yeah. Which, you know, not strictly my genre, but, you know, there is nothing wrong with metal. It does not cause people to become evil and things like that. So that was a conversation I was having with him. And uh, again, it was when I was with Cherry Scream, like, um, I did, uh, it's not important to the story, but I did a couple of works covering at this Christian uh, record label. And I had a gig that night. and go, Oh, if you got a gig tonight. Oh, yeah, fantastic. What are you playing? Oh, I'm playing guitar. Oh, that's really cool. Um, uh, and where is it? Oh, uh, it's at this pub. Ooh, ooh. Yeah, so you're going to be going out drinking and everything. But you'll be playing nice music. I'll be playing, like, hard rock and metal. <laughs> <laughs> like, you could feel the atmosphere in the office just go... <gasps> The abomination is here (laughs) Uh, So he had that really strong attitude But the thing that Bear in mind I wrote this song like At least six months after my last contact with him The thing that really clinched it Was on the day that I was preparing to move back down He asked me to meet up with him In like a Starbucks Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, This guy Asked me the question That I was hoping he would never ask me why don't you believe in God? Mm-hmm. And I calmly explain my reasons, like, you know, I've seen no evidence, and this, that, and the other, and, like, you know, I made my point and my position clear. Yeah. Without, you know, obviously in the politest way I possibly could.
1: You were asked, though. Yeah,
0: that's so, the thing I was asked, yes. so I politely gave my opinion. At which point, he gets down on his knees, and he, you know, he's brought along uh, a mate of his from, uh, you know, his church. Mm-hmm. And they start praying for me in the middle of a Starbucks. (sighs) Asking, you know, God to provide me with some evidence and everything. And, like, make himself known to me. And, uh, you know, properly trying to convert me before I go. Which, you know, considering A, my views on... uh, A, my views on religion. And B, some of the life choices, me and a lot of people... Bear in mind, I was on a drama course. So, you know, considering... Traditional Christian uh, views on homosexuality. Mm. You know, bear in mind, I was on a musical theatre course, Yeah. so I knew a lot of homosexual people, and this guy very much stuck to the traditional views. Very conservative in that way. Yeah. So, like, you know, against gay marriage, and, like, a, you know, wasn't necessarily against gay rights, but wouldn't have voted for them and things like that. Sure, sure. Like, you know, me knowing the people that I did kind of sat wrong with
1: me. Well, of course, yeah. Uh,
0: but, you know, that gives you a flavour of my opinion of the man. There are so many more stories I could go into, and we're probably going to have to cut a lot of that anyway. No,
1: no, that's all great. That's but all good
0: stuff. then that's basically just what the lyrics are. Like, um, you think you need to be a moral saviour to shut down anything that gives us hope. You say, I have a just and holy purpose, but I won't fall for your smoke and mirrors show. You call upon your God, but he won't do the job, so now you have to trip me on your own. Mm. Like, you know, it can very easily be read as a just slamming into Christianity. And I've actually shown this song to a singer before and they said, oh, I don't think I could sing such horrible things about a religion. Mm. It comes across that way to some people, which is why I don't sing it a lot in public. But it's not. It's Mm. my tirade against one man. Yeah. And, you know, like I said at the beginning, I'm not necessarily anti-religion. I'm just anti pushing your religion onto other people without you know their interest or permission or anything like that yeah but yeah there's no subtext it's all text <laughs> um <laughs> it's all very much on the surface yes so yeah that's it I probably spent way too long talking
1: about that one you're gonna have a lot of work to cut that down no that's, that's cool um I, I think um um uh, to me, even if even if I didn't know that story, the song comes across to me very, very much not as a um, as a uh, retort against religion. It comes across as a retort against a man who, especially according to the story you just told, overstepped his mark so much. Like you know, talking, you were someone who worked for him; you were an employee, and he was talking about how you should be a person of faith and how music, certain music, and that sort of thing was was bad. Like he completely overstepped his mark so many times. Yeah. Um, and it definitely sounds like a tirade against that man particularly. Yeah. So, um, and it's got a funky riff to it, so. Yeah,
0: yeah that's the reason I still want to keep hold of it and do it in a project one day. <clears throat> Apart from still having those feelings about this particular
1: man, uh, yeah, it has got a nice riff on it. Mm, absolutely. And, um, th- those, um, do 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 do
0: they are on the recording as well. Like, the reason I started an octave up playing it then was because on the original recording, I just have guitar and then everything coming in for bow, bow, but I had to edit it all out. Oh, right. Okay. So, like, because uh, originally I just played it all the way through with everything, but then I realised this intro could be fun. So, I just took everything out and then just cut the bow, bows back in. So, it like, yeah. it's really not, like, sophisticated at all when you listen to the demo that's at the end of this.
1: But the ideas are all there. Yeah. That's very cool. Um, yeah, I, I like that song. Like I say, I've heard you play it before and I've always liked it. The riff is cool. The, it's just a great, like, and I know you've heard me say this before, but I like songs that are like screw you songs, you know? Yeah. They're some of the best ones I know. And they can be happy as well. Um, that one isn't necessarily like a happy, joy, joyous, you know, but it's um, it's certainly a cathartic well, sort of thing. Well, it's
0: written from a position of not having to deal with this man and not having to have dealt with him in six years, and him probably not listening to this song at any point in his life.
1: Yeah,
0: just no matter how
1: far I spread, it. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's the thing. He's gonna he's gonna avoid songs in that style, like yeah. the plague. So. Yeah, he's not likely to come
0: across this one unless I was to say. Oh, and his name is Fred Bob II, and he lives there, and he lives, you know, this is his address, and this is where you can get in contact with him, and this is his email address. Yeah, exactly,
1: which we are heartily against on this podcast.
0: Yeah, no, just as a matter of like pure respect. Of like, course, we will yeah. not say his name ever.
1: We're, like, we're good people on this podcast. Yeah. He said, having written a fuck you song to, <laughs> to someone of the cloth. Well, to someone anonymous, you know. Yeah. It's not like you went, your name is do 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 do, you live here fourth grove <laughs> 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 uh,
0: Right, I believe now you have an older song of yours to uh, dissect for us
1: I do yeah um, this, is, uh, this is one called Albatross and it's, um, it's the seventh song from uh, my, my last uh, solo album to your heart's content you can buy it on Roger Heathers Bandcamp
0: you can also stream it for free on Soundcloud it's really good, really good, really good it only costs a fiver I think doesn't it Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. Check that out. Yes. Some sort of link in the description for this one, Roger, because it's a really good album.
1: Okay, I will do. I'll I'll put a link
0: to the old to the website where you can buy it. As I say, nearly every week, Roger is sitting across the room from one of his greatest fans. (laughs) That was Declan who made that noise. (laughs)
1: No, it wasn't. It was totally Roger. Um. My voice doesn't go that high. Oh, that's true. That's true. Um, yeah, so Albatross is, um, is a song that wasn't written, um, in a session of weekly songs. Obviously, I would have discussed it if that was the case. Yes. <laughs> and the, re- the reason I mention that is because, um, I wanted some songs for To Your Heart's Content that weren't weekly songs, and, that uh, and I wanted something that was, like, a-, a ballad. And so I was, I was playing piano one night without the intention to write anything at all. I was just playing for the joy of playing. And, um... And, uh, yeah, I was playing in A major, uh, and uh, I came up with this this sort of uh, start that was just... And I was playing on a sort of, like, um, electric piano type of sound. And I kind of played that on accident. And um, I was like, it's quite simple. It's just a run down the major scale chords um, in A major. And um, I thought, if I can get some cool chords in there to make that feel a little bit more interesting then I'll try and get something on top of it. And uh, I ended up with the progression. And the first line that came to me was the first line of the song, which is, um, True, I may be lost in a Japanese mall, um, but I've never felt more alive in my life. And for some reason, I know it's a really strange line, but because it's a strange line, um, I felt like the song was going to be good. The Japanese mall line. There's something about just finding yourself in Japan in a huge shopping centre that I thought was a great first image for a song. And um, the rest of the song has nothing to do with that line. But (coughs) but it's almost like the fact that that line was there gave me the confidence to write what I did write in the song. It's a good jumping-off point. Yes. Yeah. And so I was like, okay, that's kind of cool. And then I was like, what I often do is I'll have that weird first line or first verse and then change it... um, change up the lyrical point or the point of view later in the song. So I'll play the song and then I'll, I'll talk about what it's about and stuff after and uh, some of the chords that I used and stuff. So...
0: show of clapping. i really do like that song thank you it's one though it's uh, one of those ones i always just get bits of it in my head like uh you know when you sort of just randomly get fragments of tunes so just going off in your head i always get um i can see
3: outside sometimes sometimes i can see outside black paint on your windows curtains never occurred to you did they
0: yeah, it's. Um... I literally had that before we started this run, uh, this um
1: recording. This recording, and yeah. y- you were like,
3: "Wait, who sings Wait, that?" Yeah,
1: <laughs> it's Roger. Yeah, <laughs> it's um. I I knew I had a-, a cool chorus when I wrote it. It's one of those ones that kind of came quite quickly to me, and um, it's uh, yeah, it's quite a sort of um direct chorus. Um, the idea, I don't know, it's it's a cool image I think of like being in this place where you're in this house where all the windows are literally painted black, you know, and you you can sometimes see outside through the cracks, and you can see what the outside world is like. And um, I think it's, it's a cool um, metaphor for, like, coming from a group of people you love, but also at the same time growing, coming of age and realising their personal foibles and the fact that everyone has dysfunction and realising that the people you love the most have quite a lot of dysfunction to them as people, like like everybody does. Yeah. And going like... It's almost kind of like looking out from the inside and going like, outside, everyone looks so normal. I'm sure they're not, but from in here, in this space, it feels like everyone's so normal outside. And um, this idea of painting the windows black rather than putting curtains up kind of signif- like really embodied that to me. Yeah, it's a very strong line, that one. Um, I was pleased with it, but I was also like worried about putting it in the song, because I was like, I don't want anyone to think, like, this is about them, you know? Because it's such yeah. a strong line. I, I never tried to write from a place of, like, you know, contempt, really. Well, I have, but... You said to the person who... <laughs> you um, just creature. Well, I mean, I, I suppose I have, in a way. Or, like, I don't know, like I was saying earlier, like, sometimes you can blow an emotion up to a bigger size to express it easier. Yeah. I suppose that's kind of what this song was. Um... And, uh, are you familiar with the, like, the albatross, um, proverb? No. Okay, I'm going to explain it really badly to you, okay? Uh, basically what it is, um, is... Anyone who's listened to this, correct me, okay? So many comments we will get. Yeah. Um, the way I remember it being told to me is, there's these sailors who go out on this boat, and... I think they need to eat. So they see this, this bird, this albatross, flying over the boat. And then uh, the captain shoots it. And then it falls onto the boat. And for some reason he shouldn't have shot it. That was a bad thing to do. Okay. God, this is awful. <laughs> and um, and so I don't know why, but because he shot it and it was such a bad thing to do, he has to wear this albatross around his shoulders like a cape for the rest of his life or something
0: that explains a lot of songs like there's literally a Bastille song and they go there's an albatross across your neck yeah and it starts off with that and I've always wondered
1: what that's about there's also the Fleetwood Mac one too right that's um, an instrumental isn't it yeah but uh, I suppose it might be named after the same sort of concept possibly but um, yeah so that sort of idea and I'd heard I'd heard it used before there's another song that does it too That that general albatross idea but I thought that's another good um, Signifier of this um, So I'll use that in the second verse um, So like uh, How do I describe this I've actually thought about what this really means But it does mean something to me The idea that you you remember the time that you used to be able to see The albatross before all the bad stuff happened hmm. and Like I remember those times when it was actually Up in the sky I didn't have to use to wear it around my neck Yeah. You know so I can remember that And I still remember when it flew above our heads And now I've got to wear it and, um, so, uh, like I say, the Japanese line was sort of the jumping off point. And then after that, I started talking about family and dysfunction and coming out of that and just, it's basically a song about, like I say, coming of age and realizing that the people that you grew up with, the people that, who were your role models aren't as perfect human beings as you thought, mm. but still loving them and still kind of trying to grow up through that in a positive way. So you to grow out rather than,
0: um, mm. you know, stay... With these people who have raised you their whole lives and
1: everything. Mm, Exactly. And like making a new home. Um, Maybe we can make a new home. um, The lyric was originally, maybe if I make a new home, I can try again. But um, I kind of, I didn't, I didn't end up putting that in because I thought that it was, it sounded too much like I was abandoning where I came from. Mm. Um, Which in a sense is what I was aiming to say. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> Your stomach disagrees. Um. Ooh. Oh. that's fine. Don't worry about that. We have got like hours left of recording time. But um, yeah, I didn't want to say that in the song because it just felt too strong a thing to say. But having said that, I feel like if I wrote that song now, I would probably have said that. Yeah. Because I feel like I've gotten more courageous with what I can say in my songs. Um. So I probably would have done that. But I don't know. I didn't. I didn't feel like self censorship at the time. It just felt like. It felt easier to say maybe if we we make a new start. Because um, the we can refer to anywhere, it can refer to friends, it can refer to loads of different things. It can refer to the listener. Yes, yeah. exactly. You, precious listener, who's also in this conversation. You, precious listener. Are you. Are you going to spill water joy? on my tits again? Watch out, spill water on his tits, and that's a bad thing. Um, yes. Look, <laughs> what were you saying? I, I was going to say, there's. um. Oh, wait, I've actually got notes here. Um, <laughs> I've been winging the whole thing and I've actually got notes in front of me. Um, I, like, I like that you're organised enough to have notes and not organised enough to not read them. <laughs> yeah. um, interestingly, um, <laughs> the instrumental of this song was offered to Joe of Pete Green Book for a song from our next album called Box of Words but was ultimately cut from the lineup. Come <laughs> on, you have to read everything in that tone of voice now. I wanted a sentimental ballad for the album. About family, wanting to start again, coming to terms with the dysfunction of those you love. Japanese more line, felt strong, a direction I wanted to go. <laughs> Just towards Japan. Odd chords, E minor, minor fifth. G, no, C sharp major, major third. G major, flat major seventh. Um, these are just the unusual chords in the song, which I'm pretty pleased with, actually, because it... flat can...
0: major seventh is pretty decent.
1: Yeah, and then obviously you've got the, the sharpened and flattened uh, tonic, which is... Which is really weird, but works for that line for some reason.
0: What that reminds me of, just the relationship of those chords, is like the... Um, uh, ah, I can't do it. In that sense of... Yeah, pretty much. Which is just, uh, for those of you who couldn't get it, it's uh, I was just playing the bit from Bohemian Rhapsody. I see a little
3: silhouette of a man.
1: There's something that seems kind of clownish about like playing uh, major chords that are chromatically connected so closely. Um, and it's almost like I kind of wanted to turn that, that clownish sound on its head to be sad. You know, because um, that is basically the saddest line of the song—the black paint on your windows line—and uh, to have it worse, it's like it's almost like smiling but crying in terms of the sound of the like, black paint that is funny, on your windows. But it's funny,
0: but it's funny, but it recognizes a serious fault. Exactly.
1: Yeah. So um, yeah, Albatross. Um, I, I listened to the studio version like before we did the podcast to like prepare for it when I was at home. And um, my vocals out of tune on it. I hate I've listening back to old stuff. I've never noticed. Are you sure you haven't noticed? I'm certain. I was listening back to it. I can hear where all the it's not even bum notes. It's just like it's not quite on on point. I hate listening back to old stuff. <sighs> Everyone does. I know. But I was wondering, do other people hear this, or is it just me? And according to what you just said, it is just me. So yeah, I hope anyway.
0: Well, you always examine your own work with a harsher critique than anyone else does.
1: Yes. That's true. I mean, also, because you can picture the, the faults as well as hear them, because other people hear the music. I can picture where I put the mics on the piano. I'm like, I should have put it behind me as well so I could get a room sound. No one else knows that, Yeah. because they can't see where the mics were, but I, I can remember what I did with them and stuff. Um, yeah, and also I think that the whole album would have benefited from having other people involved. But then at the
0: time, what you wanted to do was uh, record the whole album, just you. Yeah, that's another point, that's another reason why you should pick up To Your Heart's Content, like, everything is done by Roger, literally everything.
1: That's right, to faults and not (laughs) faults.
0: Yeah, well, it's, because you wanted to do that because you love, like, Prince. Yeah. And his early albums were done like that. Yeah. And there's probably a couple of other people that we can... Elliot Smith did it on
1: XO, um... Uh, didn't you say Felix Hagen did on that EP you showed me before we started recording? Oh,
0: uh, on the album, yeah.
1: On the album, yeah. um, it, it can be done to great effect. And I think the great thing about music is that it sounds like the people who make it. Um, recorded music, I mean, well, and live music, of course. Literally, I agree with you completely. And I think that goes um, equally for if you make music by yourself. Like the first, not sorry, the, not the first, the second Prince album, um, the self-titled Prince album where he looks like he's been born on the cover with a beard and an afro, which is amazing to me. Um, he just slid out the womb like that. Um, like, that doesn't sound like a band of people, but it does sound like Prince. And I kind of wanted to make an album that just sounded like me, because when I listen back to my own, like, personal music, the stuff I kind of like is the stuff that's... um i'm playing most of the stuff and you can really hear what my ideas are because i'm getting to choose what those ideas are but i've done it now and i I was like saying to you recently the next album i do is going to be done with loads of different people i'm going to go hey what are your ideas and play it with a band and make it so it's um an ensemble piece rather than just me by myself because it was quite an isolating experience to do like that last time um but anyway anyway yes indeed We've that probably is... been recording for like two hours now.
0: Running time, 70 minutes. I went on a bit for Preacher.
1: That's all right, that was good. I think I've gone on about mine as long as you have. Plus, that's what that's what the people want. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, they, they want hoedown-style piano. Is there anything else you want to
2: say about it? No.
0: Cool. Um, so, that's it for the weekly song podcast this week.
1: Um... So much, uh, <laughs> he's
0: just dribbled on himself.
1: It was just something weird in the outro. I think it's because the nerves are, uh, were ending the show. Oh, I love the fact that it was
0: just beginning to get clear <laughs> <and>
1: that <after laughs> yeah. you didn't
0: And now you've just gone and dribbled on yourself again.
1: Why well, I had gravy on it earlier because I had roast. Are you just trying to wash it out by dribbling? <laughs> Damn, you know my schemes.
0: <laughs> yeah, just get a little soap powder in there as well. <laughs>
1: Oh my god! No matter how seriously I want to take myself, life always kicks me in the ass and reminds me that I'm a clown. <laughs> yeah,
0: I was gonna say it's not life, Roger. It's you. Yeah. <laughs> you used to be the clown. Oh, um, sorry, I interrupted you. Right. So that was the end of the weekly song podcast, and this is the end of this run of songs. Uh, we're probably gonna try and return around August time, aren't we? <laughs> What are you doing? Who says that was me?
1: Me. Okay. Um, because <laughs> you farted part, as a reaction to something that I said. Yes, we'll be returning uh, August, early August, I would have thought. Yeah. Um, we'll, we'll give you a like, a like a teaser like we did last time. We'll kind of record like a we'll be back in a week sort of thing. Yeah. And uh, you can expect the next episode to come on a Wednesday, um, which is sort of our day now, isn't it? Yeah. To release episodes. Um, and... Uh, yeah, so thank you for listening to this run, if you've been uh, keeping up with the run. And um, leave us a five-star review on iTunes if you if you enjoyed the show or if you didn't enjoy the show. Definitely do that. Um, how can they get in contact with us? Oh, they can uh, send us an
0: email if they want to send us their words, whatever those words may contain, to weeklysongpodcast at gmail.com. Or you can just leave a comment in uh, the SoundCloud or... Can you leave comments on iTunes? No. Well, go on to SoundCloud and leave us a comment.
1: Yes, please do. We, we really love your feedback. Um, if you have any songs yourself, like like uh, like Declan and, said, send and, some. And if you songs want us to us. write them to shit. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. If anyone sends a song, and we'll uh, we'll discuss it on the show. We'll kind of talk about the how it's made up and everything.
0: Yeah, and we and despite our promises, we will probably probably be quite nice to you because we're just quite nice people. Yes. the guy who did Preacher
1: <laughs> we'll write songs about you <laughs> um, let me think you can find me at Rogerheathers.com, facebook.com slash Um and uh, check out P. Bird, why not, I'm just going to throw that in the mix as well yeah. um, can they find you anywhere Declan? No, no. <laughs> but if you uh, are down in Cornwall and you want to see us uh,
0: playing music you can head on to the prequels um, Facebook page Which is the name of our cover band that we do. That's right. So uh, that's Prequels,
1: P-R-E-Q-U-E-L-S. Yeah. Yeah. Um, You can catch us, if if you are local, you can catch us in Truro on uh, Friday the 21st at the Old Ale House. We'll be starting at 9 o'clock. Come down and see us. You'll be seeing me play drums, even though I'm not a drummer.
0: You'll be seeing me play guitarist, even though I am a guitarist. Playing guitarists. Playing guitarist, yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> playing the fool. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, yeah, so thank you for listening. Um, we will see you again in August and um Yeah. Yeah. That's about it. Yes. Yeah. 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 Right. Uh.
0: well done. Ta-ra. Bye.
3: You say you're a man of good morals. You say you're a man we must respect. You say you're the one with all the answers, but I ain't heard a single answer yet. You can't seem to see, you don't mean Jack to me, I see your petty boundaries you set. your own. What did I do to deserve you in my life? Why must you make me change my ways? How can you hold yourself above your fellow men? How can you never hear